0: you have an airbnb your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host come through queen i want to see you come through queen
2: Hi everyone it's dan and brendan and this is come through queen my three in one look is based off of the rosy maple moth mixed with a lisa frank character you larvae it i
0: larvae it
2: hey brendan
1: hey dan what's up
2: oh you know just surviving in this bravo programmingless world we live in right now
1: they're literally giving us nothing <laughs> right? Uh, except
2: you have been tuning into camp getaway right
1: Yes, I will say the finale of Camp Getaway was last night. Um, it's a show. Uh-huh. I en- I enjoyed watching it. I liked it. I like some of the characters. I think that it's interesting that like one of the main characters was a gay person. Yeah. The guy Glenn. I think that him having a breakdown was like the most interesting part of the entire series. Mm-hmm. Um, and him making up for it. Also, it's like. An interesting thing, and I would like to go to Camp Getaway.
2: Yeah, we've touched down on Camp Getaway a, a little bit during our Patreon pre-shows where we normally talk about non-Bravo shows that we have mm-hmm. been watching or Bravo shows that are not part of like the Come Through Queen official canon. And this week, we're pulling up from the... What's, the, what's like when you come off the benches, like when you're on a, a sports team and you get to play in the game?
1: Have you ever played a sport? Yeah. Is this you trying to explain sports? I
2: played soccer for a few years, but I just kept breaking my arm like outside of (laughs) soccer that like I was like playing every other season.
1: How come my entire friendship with you, there was always something wrong with like your arm or your wrist?
2: Well, Well, I mean, the reason my wrist is messed up is I think it's tied to the fact that I broke my arm three times as a kid.
1: Okay. Yeah. Weird. Okay.
2: Yeah, yeah. But did any, your cast
1: smell? Like, when you had your cast, did it smell?
2: No, because I, I mean, you can't, like, wash under it, but I cleaned it myself.
1: It smelled. No, it
2: didn't. No, the weird thing is when you take the cast off, your arm is, like, all shriveled.
1: Yeah, it's, like, smaller.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But anywho, we're getting off of the benches into the main game. Perfect timing for Pride Month. Some programming that we caught in lieu of the usual Bravo uh, Mm -hmm. scheduled programming. So we watched the Disclosure documentary on Netflix, as well as the entirety of the Love, Victor series on Hulu.
1: Yes, we both
2: did that. Yeah, we'll be discussing that this week. Obviously, every episode we have has timestamps. If you want to jump around, if you've only watched some some of these things, if you want to come back to it later make use of the timestamps that will help you.
1: Mm -hmm. I would say I would recommend if like y'all are listeners and like you haven't checked those out yet, go check them out. They're both great.
2: Oh yeah. Uh, So before we get to those shows, there is some news for us to address in the Bravo universe. Yes. Now we've been praying for it for months now. Potomac finally has a new premiere date.
1: Thank God. They
2: announced that it's August second, back on Sunday still. And at this point, like a a month and a week away,
1: more or less. And you know what? In this in this pandemic, I am fine with this date being like a month away because like the month the months go like very quickly to me.
2: I know. Some people, I think, were responding like, oh my God, that's so far from now. But to me, I like having a a finish line.
1: Like mm-hmm. something to look forward to. Is this the third date or only the second date? No, the second announced? date. Okay, because for some reason, I thought they, they announced a first date and then a second date, and then they announced a new date. But I, no. I, I guess I was wrong.
2: They announced the first date, and then they announced the summer, the, it will be, premiering during the summer and and now we have when in the summer it's premiering Mm -hmm.
1: and i feel like bravo's finally like ready to really embrace these queens thank god um and i cannot wait i feel like this will be like the blockbuster season
2: yeah i mean people are are really gonna have not much of a choice because beverly hills and new york are both on there. like they're getting over their mid-season hump at this point. They've had mid-season trailers. Mm-hmm. Like, we're going to be wrapping things up soon.
1: Mm-hmm. I do and wonder, I just-
2: when it relates to them, I wonder if they're still trying to figure out what the reunion situation is going to be.
1: Oh, they are 1,000%. And at this point, I bet you they will do in-person reunions.
2: I could see an in-person reunion.
1: yeah. And it's like I'm not ready to go there yet, but I'm sure that Bravo and Ramona Singer are. I mean, we know that Ramona Singer is. Yeah, she was bopping around every fucking bar and restaurant in Florida, <laughs> and before then she re- came back, before she came back to New York, you, like and, come the fuck on. And her, as, you- as as Florida was peaking in its coronavirus, Ramona Singer leaves Florida and comes back to New York, where we've flatten the curve, bonch.
2: Well, she, she made a very tearful return and came to the realization that New York is her city.
1: It's really, it's truly annoying for me, somebody who, for the most part, I mean, like, not perfect, but, like, mostly trying to shelter at home this past how many months? Yeah. And she has been running around bars in Florida with, like her friends, Avery's friends. And then just like, oh, when it gets like the peak there, gets on the plane yeah. to JFK. The dream in the cardigan.
2: Yeah, so I'm sure she'll be happy to show up to the in-person reunion. Yeah,
1: of course, of course.
2: In related COVID housewives news, word on the street is that Kim D's posh of Real Housewives of New Jersey fame is currently closed. Like closed as in cleared out.
1: What does it stand for? Piece of shit, crack whore.
2: No, co-court. co
1: What's the every, rest of it? Every day. Every day. Piece I of think, shit, co There's some, another element in there.
2: Oh, no. Piece of shit, co home wrecker.
1: Yes, every, every day. day. Yeah. Yeah. Teresa Jay really has a way of words.
2: Now, you did discover that she is still selling items online, which is like yeah. kind of embracing the future of like yeah.
1: e-commerce. Yeah, Kim is posting stuff on Instagram. And so is like the Kim D. Posh official or whatever her Instagram is, account is. They're doing that. I was about to call her because I don't know if y'all remember <laughs> my phone relationship with her from like months ago when I was trying to get that calendar. I was gonna call her, but then I got too scared.
2: Oh, you're you're are you shy?
1: I actually am really shy, but like she is like one, the nicest person on the phone, and uh-huh. also two, the most intimidating person on the phone. So I didn't want to have to deal with that for myself, yeah, as a 30 year old man
2: wow <laughs> yeah uh yeah we wouldn't want to put you through that i know we have mentioned wanting to really limit our Stasi schroeder intake as much as possible
1: yeah so i think last week we said like that would be the end but i just we just wanted to like do a sliver of a mention she is now announcing that she's she's doing a gender reveal for her kid, which gender reveals are over, but
2: yeah. also she's keep, doing that keeping the hashtag outfit of o o t d outfit of the day business alive with the gender reveal,
1: yeah, and I also like would challenge everyone listening to this to go look at her. Post to see all of the Bravo celebrities who are happily liking it and commenting on it without any care in the world. I mean, the
2: the liking on it is one thing. the The proudly commenting on it is the next level. Yep. Because conceivably, these people have her phone number, so they could personally contact her for congratulations.
1: Exactly. So like, what do they earn from commenting on the post of a racist? Like a, like a, like a known racist. <laughs>
2: Just trying to contribute to her re- re- rehabilitation. Yep. Wow. Uh, yeah. Hopefully we get a break from her. I mean, yeah. I, I think that's, I think the gender reveal is really like the last trick in the book. she, has with regards to this pregnancy
1: yeah and i think like we said last week i said last week that this would be like the last time we would talk about her but i i think it is worth noting like when these people are trying to use media or press to their advantage Mm -hmm. to like get themselves out of like the racist shit they've done and i think like it's worth calling it out like when it's like so such an awful tactic yeah
2: that is actually a good point in terms of like we are acknowledging the like the optics of the rollout and like the purpose behind the rollout yeah yeah huh okay let's get to some of these shows we've been watching okay cool start starting with the documentary disclosure available on netflix Mm -hmm. Give us the elevator pitch of the documentary.
1: Okay. So the elevator pitch is, I don't know if any of y'all have seen, there's a documentary called The Celluloid Closet that was based on a book by someone named Vito Russo. Mm -hmm. And it examines gay images on gay representation, mostly gay representation on television and film for several several years there was a documentary made that was narrated by lily tomlin um basically disclosure is the trans answer to that so it is a look at the past hundred and plus years of film and television through the lens of how the how it has treated transgender people
2: so is the documentary you're referencing different from the one that aired on Apple TV? Yes. Okay. Cuz what cuz I didn't watch the one that you're referencing. I did see the Apple TV one.
1: And you're talking about Visible. Visible, yeah. Yeah.
2: Having seen this- vi- Visible, this felt like Visible as well, except the main difference for me was Visible felt like, oh yeah, like I know, I remember this, I know this. Oh, that's interesting like I don't really know this. Blah blah mm-hmm. blah. But like Disclosure was a completely eye-opening experience. Yeah. In terms so, of, I, like, I don't know all the touch the
1: touchstones. Or the references and the references, all of that. Yeah. 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 Um, so the one that I was referencing is based on a book, like I said, called The Celluloid Closet, which was written by someone named Vita Russo. And it was like kind of the first exploration of like, representation for queer people in media and so this is like bringing that to the trans level and so um do you know when around when
2: that documentary came out
1: probably i think the book came out in the 80s and the documentary was probably the
2: 90s yeah which even between like then and now is like a whole nother, could be like a doc, a part two of that documentary. Of know? course
1: there's so much. Yeah. I mean, I was even talking to somebody who watched disclosure the other day and he was like, Oh, I just got spoiled. I just, I just got, spo- got spoiled, spoiled from something on pose that I hadn't seen yet. So like disclosure is like up to date as yeah, far as like, date. yeah, as far as that goes. Um, also, it's just like so well done. The entire thing, I was like eating it up. Um, I happen to n- know and be close with two of the people who are part of it. So my coworkers, Nick Adams, who is in the documentary, who you will see if you watch it. And then yeah. um, my other coworker, Alex Schmitter, was one of the producers. So like, I'm kind of close to this project, but I'm like proud of it. Yeah,
2: no, that's great. I mean, obviously probably one of the biggest names attached to it and a focal point of like the interviews was liver and cox
1: of course yeah which and was she,
2: great to see
1: she was amazing she also appeared on the view um late last week to talk about it which ties it into like what we talk about which is great
2: how was how did that go i didn't catch that
1: it was i mean it was great and the podcast Deja of the view even posted like nothing but respect for my next view co-host which i think a lot of us have like been wanting laverne would be so good on the view i know i've been wanting it since 2014 when she used to like guest host regularly yeah and like they all have so much respect for her Mm -hmm. like even megan was like oh i just learned a lot from like what you just said to me which is like i don't ever want to give credit to megan mccain but like That happened.
2: What were some of the big historical moments that jumped out to you from uh, Disclosure?
1: Hmm. I don't know if it was, like, big historical moments. I think that, like, big commentators spoke to me. Okay. So, like, Jen Richards, when she was talking. Jen Richards, who was in... I think most people would know her from... um, The Armistead Maupin uh, reboot that was on Netflix last year.
2: But she was also on I Am Kate.
1: She was on I Am Kate, yes.
2: Which is how I, when I first met her.
1: Yes. Um, Tales of the City was what I was talking about. Yeah. Um, And then Teek Milan, who is really great. He's a black trans man who, like, is just so brilliant. It was more like the people who were commentating, talking, who were given space to like finally talk about their experiences. That was more important to me, I think.
2: Uh-huh. What about you? Um, I mean, th- some of the scenes that, I mean, the Jen Richards, I forgot, like she had more, probably one of the more emotional interview segments on the mm-hmm. show, I would say. Um, Looking back at the history, I mean, it's it kind of overlapped with what they showed on Visible in terms of the period of time when the trashy talk shows, that was the only visibility right. for LGBT people, but particularly uh, transgender people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I thought that was interesting because it's like such a weird thing that it's so, it's typically a very negative and sensationalized representation. But when it's all you got, like you eat up what you can get.
1: Yeah. I remember like even like in probably like 10 or so years ago when I was just like bopping around the internet and like just trying to figure stuff out and like looking at like trans representation. I think I remember going in on YouTube and like watching those videos of like, Amanda Lepore and all the club kids mm-hmm. on the Joan Rivers show, and just being like, "Oh wow, I like I at this point in like, it was ten years ago, so like twenty ten, think this is amazing, but yeah. like I I know now that they were used as a spectacle, so that's yeah. like different."
2: Yeah, uh, I enjoyed the moment of Candace Kane getting to talk about her history
1: because
2: mm-hmm. the I I do remember the. I can't remember. I can never... I I never got the name right. Big Sexy Money or whatever it was called.
1: Oh, um... On ABC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget also.
2: But I remember that being a big moment when it occurred Mm -hmm. and and walking through it, how they kind of took advantage of the promo of her character being on the show Mm -hmm. and then just ended up killing her off.
1: Yeah, that sucks. I... I have a portrait of Candace Kane in my bedroom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like in a, in a gilded gold frame. So I know it's like, like
2: your biggest piece piece of art.
1: Yeah, I love, I love Candace Kane.
2: Yeah. Uh obviously, I mean the pose segment was good because it's like, oh my God, we got something to actually enjoy mm-hmm. in terms of media that's not like all like all just sadness, death, or yeah. sensational sensationalization oh sensationalization sensationalization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um yeah
1: no i just like i think it's like a really great it's a really great documentary where trans people are like telling their own stories and that's like i said before it's great to see like trans people just like be able to lay it down and say how it was for them
2: now i read something online and you probably know more about this i read something about the fact that they had like if someone had a role in the film uh in terms of like behind the scenes and they were not trans they were mentoring someone who was trans in the production of this
1: i don't know about that for sure i just know that everyone that who was on camera was trans which is a first ever
2: okay yeah I, de- I definitely think there's some aspect to like the production of it as well i don't yeah, have I all could... the details of it but i would definitely want to go back and look at that
1: i can maybe ask and figure it out yeah
2: um anything else about the documentary
1: no just like go watch it like go with open arms i it's funny my sister who knows what i do for a living and like knows people I work with texted me yesterday morning and was like, have you seen this documentary (laughs) um, disclosure? And I was like, yeah, like I am deeply involved with part of it. Yeah. So I think people are discovering it on their own. I think Netflix is doing a lot of promo for it. So I'm happy for that.
2: I know. I was actually shocked to see it wasn't charting, which is why I really wanted to bring it up on the podcast Because, like, you know, when you jump into Netflix and it's like they have the top 10?
1: I think it was charting when I looked. Oh, on Sunday. Maybe. Yeah. We watched it on
2: Saturday. So I don't know. Maybe at that point.
1: I think it is getting the buzz that it needs, which I appreciate.
2: Yeah. One other thing about it, which I thought was an interesting figure, was like how they had some statistic like 80%, like at least 80% of Americans don't know a single trans person. Mm-hmm. So they, so all of their knowledge about what it is to be trans is derived from media, television, and media. Yeah. So I just thought that was like a really interesting fact, and like make it just goes to show like what is covered in the documentary so important.
1: Yeah, and I think that's important—an important point to think about when you think about any marginalized community and how you see them in media. It's sometimes it's only media that gets them representation, which is wild.
2: Yeah. I mean, that goes for like the whole LGBT spectrum, races, Mm -hmm. um, any kind of group. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's jump over to high school (laughs) Uh, for Love Victor.
1: Another thing that I liked this weekend.
2: So this is the serialized sequel to Love, Simon?
1: Yeah, it's not exactly a sequel. It is a new story that happens within the Love, Simon universe, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a brand new story, but with some of the same characters.
2: I would say, if you're going to jump into this watch Love, Simon first. Yeah. Because I, like, even though it's a new story, it, a lot of it is tied to the movie.
1: Yeah. Especially in, like, the first episode when they're, like, bringing Victor into the high school and, like, they're explaining the high school and, like, you see a character from Love, Simon explaining why one character isn't there, et cetera, et cetera. It is... It is very much tied to Love, Simon, the movie. Yeah. And I also felt like it was trying to make up for a lot of what Love, Simon's quote-unquote mistakes would have been. So, like, we're getting a new story that isn't about a white, gay, privileged, comes-from-money person, and they kind of lay it out for you at the beginning. Yeah. So you're, you're getting... A Latinx family, you're getting um, a family that isn't on the richer side, and it's, like, still the same high school, which is interesting. Also, like,
2: different members of his family may have different levels of... Acceptance. Acceptance, which contrasted to Love, Simon, in terms of, like, he didn't really have that many hurdles.
1: Yeah. The stakes were really low at Love... During Love Simon, which we are now seeing. Yeah. I um, I I
2: think I read did did we all end up reading the book before the movie?
1: Yeah, I did.
2: Yeah, I think I did too. And I think I liked the book a little bit more than the movie.
1: Yeah. I also I I feel some sort of way about this entire universe because it's also like the Atlanta area, and that's where I grew up. So it's mm. like that's part of it for me as well. Yeah. Um, though this seems to be like Atlanta, Atlanta, and I grew up like outside of Atlanta.
2: Sure. So we'll go into spoiler territory now that we've like set it up for you. Yeah. So if you haven't watched yet, go do that. Let's talk about Simon's role in all of this.
1: That's like the last spoiler, or that was like the most important, important spoiler to me.
2: Okay. In terms of what?
1: Well, like the last few episodes, but like, oh, you're talking about the beginning.
2: I'm talking about like from the get-go.
1: Yeah. So Simon, oh yeah, you're right. So Simon is the not narrator, but the person who is corresponding with Victor via DMs the entire time.
2: Yeah. A criticism about the, the movie and now also this television show is how like neither main character they cast a gay person for. Yeah. And now the original Simon is a producer of this show. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting.
1: Yeah. It is interesting. And it's like, it's, I like wish we knew the orientations of like all these people. Because we know that Bram is queer. Yeah. I think Andrew might be queer. I could be wrong.
2: Andrew, the jock? The, what? The jock?
1: Yeah. Oh, I watched an interview where he seemed queer. i don't know who knows? <laughs> <laughs> who knows anyone these days but yeah I mean that's that's another thing. It's like uh, let queer people play queer people for once in our lives please yeah.
2: well also the the book was not written by a queer person. It was like a heterosexual woman i think right
1: maybe i don't know i don't I think you're maybe right, but I don't know for sure,
2: mm-hmm. yeah. Now, this has got like a pretty big cast of characters, and it does, the show does a better job of the movie, in my opinion, in terms of like exploring
1: everyone the whole else. Cast. Yeah. Well, yeah, because it's a, it's a how many episode show.
2: Yeah. But I'm glad that they're doing that.
1: Yeah. Who were you
2: most interested in on the show?
1: Um, I think the mom.
2: Yeah, the par- I was, my answer is the parents.
1: I think the mom, but also like the neighbor. The okay. neighbor in, uh uh what's her name?
2: Lake, Lake and, and
1: Lake. Lake and Felix.
2: Yeah, I would say the uh the mom by Anna Ortiz from Ugly Betty. Mm-hmm. And also, I believe she was also on mischievous maids or something. Maids,
1: yeah. The one yeah. that Eva Lonvor. Longoria produced. Yeah. At some point, yeah.
2: And I famously saw her inside of the downtown Brooklyn Trader Joe's once. Oh, nice. Yeah. No, but I've always, like, she was, I always enjoyed her on Ugly Betty. So I I like seeing her again. And Mm -hmm. and the storyline with the, the, the dad in terms of, like, how they got to Atlanta, I was, like, the most interested in.
1: I know. And she did what she did.
2: Yeah. Well, oh, we're spoiling, so you're allowed to say it.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, she cheated on uh, the dad. I liked the... I really did like the, lake storyline where Leslie Grossman came in and, Oh, like, my God, that was... ...beamed like- her, and her man, who she refused to acknowledge, was under the bed and heard all of it. And then he was like, I'm gonna show you, like, where I come from so that mm. we can be on, like, the same level. And I thought that was beautiful... And then she finally came around to it later.
2: Yeah. We had like one episode that was such a clear, um, what's it called? The Breakfast Club homage.
1: Oh yeah. And that was the episode that uh, Victor went to New York. Yeah. (laughs) Which was a psychotic episode.
2: I, I mean, it's so crazy, but it's also kind of like one of my favorite ones.
1: No, it was my favorite episode also, but it was like... I cannot believe he's about to get on a bus and go show up in New York. And like, in, in my brain, I was like, there's no way that like Simon will be involved. So then when he arrived, when uh, Victor arrived and then it was like, oh, well, Simon's like at the bachelorette party or bachelor party and you have to hang out with Bram. That made sense to me.
2: Yeah, I couldn't really, maybe I wasn't paying attention. Are, are they in college, Simon and Bram?
1: They must. Yeah, I think they are. They're at NYU.
2: Okay. But are they freshmen or are they
1: They're seniors? not freshmen. They're not freshmen. We don't know if they're seniors. They're somewhere in between. And it is clear that these roommates were all people they met at NYU.
2: Yeah. But they're definitely, I would say, probably at least juniors.
1: Yeah, because they're also going out to clubs and stuff. Yeah.
2: Which like makes the whole Victor being a sophomore going to New York city to hang out with like these near college graduates. I know really psychotic.
1: And also like what bar or club lets people in? Are there 18 plus clubs in New York? No.
2: And was, was the bar, it looked like they I mean, it couldn't be because they weren't filming this show in New York unless they filmed these, these scenes in New York.
1: No, I looked it up. This the entire show was filmed in LA. Cuz I was like because the movie was filmed in Atlanta, so I was like, "Oh my god, the show is filmed in Atlanta." And like, that's exciting. I want to go to all like the spots. Yeah. But the it, the show was filmed in LA.
2: Cuz that bar scene felt like we were in Metropolitan for a minute.
1: No it, No, that did not look like Metropolitan.
2: No, particular I'm talking about specifically when they were at the bar with like the wooden posts.
1: Oh yeah, sure, sure. But the entrance wasn't in a place where it could have been at. I know, and also it like it was supposed film to film an
2: entrance scene and like the bar scene like at a different location.
1: Right. It just was really confusing. I think it was just a set.
2: And we get Katya.
1: I know that was great. That scene made me cry. Actually, <laughs> why were you but, like, crying? Because. When Victor was like, this has been like the best night of my life. Oh my God.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Now, what was so jarring that I can't believe they just kept it in was Bram and all the friends hanging out together and Simon waving to Victor while he's on stage from like another part of the bar.
1: Well, to me, it was obvious that like, Nick whatever Robinson only could film for one day and it could only be with Victor. So they had to like splice him in whenever they could. But like, is he that busy? I I don't know. I don't know him. Okay. Bram is so, I just want to like highlight that Bram is like the cutest motherfucker that ever walked the earth.
2: Oh, you're standing.
1: We have always stand, haven't we? I'm pretty sure I stand Bram. When we talked about Love Simon the first time, mm.
2: okay. Let's discuss. Do you want to do Mia and the Jock first, or the the gay couple?
1: Me and the Jock.
2: Okay. The setup of Mia being the most popular girl in school, see, who seemingly had no friends.
1: <laughs> right, she only had Lake. Yeah. But like sometimes that's what happens when you're the the most popular girl in school. I can't relate. Never been there.
2: <laughs> and the jock ja character was kind of like I think from the get go was not that big of an asshole. Mm-hmm. Like I I walked in expecting him to be like the cliche like put like shoving people into lockers jock. Right, but like he really wasn't that bad. He's nice. Yeah, <laughs> I like. I want him and Mia to be together.
1: I know that's what we get. We get for season two. I think.
2: Yeah, I hope so.
1: I mean, the scene—the other scene that made me cry was Mia running into her future stepmother's arms.
2: Oh my it was god! He's played Sof- by
1: Sophia Bush, who I could not pick out of a paper bag if I wanted to. But oh she god. seems like a good woman,
2: Sophia Bush to me, as a person, I have known of her existence for the greater part of my life, probably like at least 20 years, but could not tell you a movie or a television program she has been in.
1: Is she related to the Bush Bushes? <laughs> uh,
2: I don't think so. You don't think? No. Because I feel like we would know that, like how we know Billy Bushes.
1: But we only knew that after the like no, grabbing by the no. blanc blanc.
2: No, I knew that before.
1: Okay, well, some of us only knew that then. Okay, well, good, good to know.
2: Yeah, but Mia, no, I, I like Mia that was scene. Super, Mia was super nasty to uh, Sophia.
1: Sometimes you have to be nasty to like your potential future step parents. It's to just Maki- To Makai Pfeiffer's
2: there. girlfriend. Yeah. It was great to see Makai back in our lives.
1: Yeah, I agree.
2: Every time he was on scene, I would think of like the line in Lose Yourself by Eminem. Mm-hmm. Um, Sing yeah. it for us.
1: <laughs> now,
2: last but not least, <laughs> the gay couple. <laughs>
1: <sighs> to kiss this man right outside of the like school dance when you know that
2: but you're jumping like uh, oh sorry i'm talking about the gay couple like that existed for the the episode like benji and his boyfriend
1: oh okay
2: yeah like he's bringing around this grump who wants to leave while they're singing happy birthday Mm Hmm. and then benji throws an elaborate Italian restaurant dinner set inside of the coffee shop that he works at and he wants to leave and go to the concert
1: and this guy's just like his only redeeming quality is that he might be like cool or something
2: yeah I don't know oh no but no his only redeeming quality is that he needs to be home by 10 and watching reality tv or he turns into a pumpkin
1: that sounds like you
2: yeah I I like that representation of me on screen
1: yeah I mean like I like that he was tall that was nice
2: <laughs> I mean the fact that they did not break up after the anniversary dinner mishap was like what are we doing
1: who wants to go sorry no offense but who wants to go to like a show like a like a like a like a punk show <laughs> <laughs> Well Brendan. <laughs> when you're having like a nice Italian meal in this place, and what was it called? <laughs> uh
2: so Victor and Benji.
1: Made for each other. You think so? Yeah, I think so.
2: Victor, I like I liked him more in terms of his relationship with his family, like the mm-hmm. the parents, but like his friendships and his relationships like didn't really do it for me.
1: Okay. Have you watched a recent interview with him? Because with his grown out hair, he looks cute. <laughs> oh,
2: wow. No, I actually have not watched any like cast interviews.
1: Even though I literally texted one to you yesterday, but
2: okay. Yeah. I don't need to consume all... Media, you know. <laughs> uh Yeah, so I think I cannot wait for season two. I was hoping I'm for, actually
1: really excited for season two.
2: <laughs> I was hoping for like a Selling Sunset esque, like you're getting it in two months.
1: <laughs> it's not guaranteed. It's a brand new pilot and show on Hulu. I know, which but was like, originally supposed to be on Disney Plus. I think.
2: No, for sure, it was supposed to be on Disney Plus.
1: Anyways, I'm really excited for season two. I cannot wait.
2: Yeah. So I well, love
1: the Love Universe. Is that what it's called, the Love Universe?
2: <laughs> yes, it's the Love Cinematic Universe. Why don't we get to All Stars Five, episode three?
1: I'm in.
2: Okay, this is coming off of the heels of Shay Coule's. Iconic win. Iconic win. Steamrolling that last episode. Little, we were we were all so happy that day. It's actually like <laughs> terrible to think how sad we would soon become when she <laughs> would be in the bottom three.
1: Don't spoil. Okay,
2: but people are are listening to this episode after watching.
1: <laughs> I know. <laughs> I I'm like always you thinking good, about spoilers. I like, <laughs> you don't
2: have a good concept of like how spoilers work. <laughs> I know. Well, like
1: I've been dragged for spoilers from my work accounts before so like i never know how it works
2: mm. oh yeah you spoiled something on on oh, never
1: mind <laughs> i didn't i it wasn't a real it wasn't a real spoiler i did so many spoiler alerts
2: <laughs> i but like the way like sometimes depending on how you scroll on the twitter feed you could get like spoiled inadvertently
1: Okay, so if you're really afraid of being spoiled, don't go on Twitter. Please. Oh no, I,
2: I agree with you. I agree with you. Okay. <laughs> so hopefully we're not spoiling all stars for you right now. <laughs> but Angina went home last week's episode and Shay won last week's episode.
1: And now Shay I'm went. like I'm sad about Angina going home.
2: Um I only for been... her
1: legacy, not for like any uh, personal feelings.
2: No. I would have been sad if it happened the first episode. Mm -hmm. But, like, she had a second shot.
1: Yeah, I just feel like...
2: Cracker got to her?
1: Well, yeah, that. But, like, also just, like, queens like her who everything's in the second chance, which is what All-Stars is. Mm -hmm. It's, like, it means more. So, like, someone like Cracker is already, like, huge. Whereas, like, Angina's big but like she's not to the level of the queens who come out in most in the modern era yeah. if that makes sense
2: well hopefully we do still have the bring back our girls episode mm-hmm. which they've been doing for the past few all-stars so i feel like we should expect it
1: right totally yeah
2: okay um we learned that it was unanimous angina lipsticks across the board which, who would
1: have? Who would you have voted for? Angina. Same.
2: <laughs> well, what was it? It was between Angina and Mariah. Last episode. Yeah. Yeah. So, also, like you know, when they did a little buzz, I, th- I like. I think I forgot that Nicole Byer was guest judging. I was like very excited to see her, and I thought it was interesting to bring her back in a post-Nicole Byer hosting of Drag Race Podcast World.
1: hmm Which, like, I didn't really ever like any of Nicole Byer's Drag Race Podcasts.
2: Oh, wow. But did you like her performance as a guest judge?
1: Yes. I, like, love her, love her performance as a guest judge, but I feel like every time... It was, like, her podcast, it was always, with like, a new person or, like, mm. one week would be something. It always seemed so different. You oh, know yeah, what there,
2: I mean? w- there wasn't, like, regularity. Like, you could always expect Dan and Brendan having nothing better to do than yeah, exactly. to record every week.
1: I like consistency on that level.
2: Yeah. Uh, what I thought was interesting is this was her second time as a guest judge. She previously was on the All-Stars 3 Snatch Game episode. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that she's like specifically pegged as an all stars guest judge.
1: That is interesting.
2: Yeah. Okay. Uh, Crackers apologizing for what she did to Angina after Angina has left. And Alexis is ready to beat her ass for this.
1: <laughs> I love Alexis Mateo.
2: I know. To there's been like uh, rumblings of the. Alexis is the true villain discourse on Twitter. And it's like, you gotta be a true dummy to think that. <laughs> like, yeah. Like even the girls on this show. Practically only, Shay's is only standing up for cracker this episode. Cause she's on her team and needs to work with her.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Like if, if she wasn't on her team, she probably would have just stayed out of it. Exactly. Um, Yeah. Now we have randomly selected teams.
1: Which I I hate.
2: Yeah, I didn't like this at all. Yeah. It's like producers trying to do things.
1: Like what's the point, Yolanda?
2: And it was and actually like I don't even think it was interesting pair ups. Right. Like we already had Blair and Mayhem working together. Mm Mm-hmm. Um and Juju B and Alexis had already been working together. Mm-hmm. But, uh, okay. So I feel like a lot of people don't love this challenge, which we've already done last season on All Stars.
1: I think it working for part of last season was good, but it's not like a great challenge to do like every, every year.
2: I like it just because it's like, Something so different from everything else. Yeah,
1: but it's like I don't know. I the way they changed it wasn't a way that made it more exciting. They changed it to be like a little more inexciting, actually, and something away from like what drag queens would actually like do or work on. For example, last year it was like a club that made mm. sense. Mm. This year it's a hotel suite. What? Yeah.
2: Okay, so Blair and Mayhem are working together. They come up with the gold and rich theme, and I had the biggest concern for them going into this. Mm-hmm. It's like because first of all, you only have two people, so you're not overflowing with ideas.
1: Yeah. Also, it seemed to me like they were relying on stuff from last year.
2: Yeah, which. The, the basic level humor that's required for this show is kind of, like, all you need. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, then we have the Shea, Cracker, Mariah group with the Golden Girls Palace. What did you think, think of I, this, like, team working together?
1: I think it could have been great. I just don't think the three of them did it together
2: it felt like nobody was trying at all yeah especially for them to pick this theme it felt like no one was truly a golden girls super fan Mm
1: -hmm.
2: i'm familiar with golden girls and could come up with what they came up with right but you can't do that for rue who is like a golden girls
1: a super fan super fan I mean, the room design was, like, on point or whatever, but that's about it. I but think that, it was...
2: That's, like, the least important thing.
1: Yeah, I think, like, the... You have to play Daru at all times, and they weren't really playing Tarou. And, like, the thing that was called out about just, like, the simple thing with Shay yeah. was a true misstep, if we're all looking at it, right?
2: Are you talking about, like, the, the picture of this...
1: no 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 it's like it's like dressing like one of the golden girls and like acting like the other yeah which was one of the call outs yeah
2: yeah the the picture of this like she's holding the picture frame and that's yeah yeah yeah. sophia line yeah i mean like even cracker i feel like if anyone should have done well during this challenge cracker should have Mm -hmm. and she really didn't give us much yeah Glamazon, Jujubi, India and Alexis.
1: Queens in their own rights. I mean, <laughs> it, this
2: was made for Jujubi and even Alexis to some degree.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Like if if India was on a different team and it was only Alexis and Jujubi doing it, they probably would have won as a team and then Jujubi would have won individually. Yeah. I think the only reason Blair and Mayhem won as a team was that India was that bad. Mm-hmm. Like India wrote one joke, and that's and that's all they kind of like. She prepared that joke, and then did nothing on the spot when the uh, the judges came in. Totally. Uh, but and then like the Blair. And Mayhem, when I was watching it the first time around, I was like, I really don't, I don't see, I didn't like expect them to win. But then watching the second time around, like it made more sense to me.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's like you're playing to the same humor forever on this show. It's like so basic.
2: That's why I don't get like, I, they so rarely come up with something new on the show these days in terms of like what you need to do. Mm-hmm. So I would, like, watch all these episodes, take notes, like, on the different challenges. Right. And, like, who won and why did they win? That would be, like, my, the note I would take for, for the challenges.
1: There's no reason.
2: There's no reason for what?
1: I don't think there's any reason to anyone winning. It's just, like, it's a reality show. They're just, like, choosing when they want to choose and, like, Playing to Rue's really like basic sense of humor, and then going from there.
2: Yeah. Um, okay. Let's. So they're getting ready. Um... Well, no, they they go and do the triple look runway. Mm-hmm. Now, I'll go through the looks. You tell me okay. what you think. Totally, Blair St. Clair was first with the fifties, sixties, and seventies look.
1: It was fine, but it felt like disjointed to me. I just like the color story didn't make sense to me. It was okay
2: to me. I thought this was by far the best look, the best runway.
1: Okay, but what about like I, it? Like because, the way,
2: because it had a specific, it, like it w- Each look was so the decade, and so sure. different from each of them. And then, like, especially the hair change. Like, we we expect like a wig under a wig, but like Blair having the lo- like the long hair flowing out for the seventies look. I thought was amazing.
1: I think going from the second to the third look was the, what she did was incredible. Like with both the hair and then the dress into a jumpsuit was great. I just thought it like, didn't connect like the color story didn't connect to me or something. Mm.
2: I mean, to me, like the, the stuff that connected too much, I thought was a little boring. Like, the mayhem
1: sure sure but like talking about player right now and i just think it was good but it just like was disconnected in a lot of ways and there could be a happy medium
2: yeah well let's go uh, to the next which was mayhem
1: okay so mayhems was remind me
2: (laughs) it was like a glam floral thing that turned into like a swimsuit Like, she was Mm -hmm. in a dress into a swimsuit.
1: At the end, she was in, like, the short wig with the swimsuit. Yeah.
2: Yeah,
1: it was, like, a little too connected. I will say that also for India, I think.
2: Well, yeah, that's the other... That one was, like, she took a jacket off and then took the skirt off.
1: I mean, like, the challenge was three distinct looks. Yeah. But I think there is a way to do three looks while still connecting them. Mm -hmm.
2: So Alexis Mateo was a fright. That was scary. Like we were- She was in the circus? Yeah, we were connected thematically, but like you're starting off as the tent to the circus (laughs) to reveal- the circus ballerina, which I didn't know was like a main cast member of the circus, the ballerina.
1: Also, like not even ballerina. I mean, it was ballerina, but ballerina in a ballroom dress, right?
2: <laughs> uh, we already discussed India with the herringbone,
1: which was just. I mean, it's like it was a, it was a it was good looks all around. It's a cute look, say.
2: but when like you're comparing it to the other ones, to me, it's like n- not that interesting. Mm-hmm. You know. Okay, Juju
1: okay so
2: the witch into the mrs claus into the bunny
1: i have opinions on this tell me i think that the concept is great i think it could have been executed like so much better as far as like do holidays but like do it in a way that makes sense the the first two made sense to me once we got to the bunny i was like are we on valentine's day or like where are we yeah so like make it clear
2: well i I had two complaints. one is that, with the exception of the first look, which I thought was cute, but to some degree, all three of them looked a little messy
1: yeah they were I mean they were Halloween vibes,
2: and then the last two, both being like the same red color, yeah, felt lopsided in terms of like the three looks all together.
1: yeah, that's exactly what bugged me is. Once she went to the Mrs. Claus red, I was like, okay, then I want you to move on to another color. And I don't associate red with Easter, so what are we doing here?
2: Yeah. It was definitely a nod to the Carol Radzaville bunny ear in Atlantic City moment.
1: Yeah.
2: A good tribute there. Okay, the Mariah coming out with the, the big fur, but also like the futuristic helmet-shade combo or whatever she was wearing. Mm -hmm. Taking that off into like a cocktail dress and then flipping that down for the more uh, fancy floor-length dress.
1: I thought her look worked better than other people who got better ratings than she did. (laughs) I mean, I
2: feel like comparing this to the Indie and the Mayhem, I'm more interested in this than what Indian mayhem did. Agree. Uh, I feel like we just wanted to get rid of her <laughs> this episode. I know.
1: And it sucks because like, I've been waiting forever to have her back.
2: Yeah. Um, cracker with the egg into the gown, into the Anastasia princess on the run.
1: Okay. The egg was ugly and a cop out into the gown was fine the hair was awful in my opinion
2: yeah her her hair and makeup isn't great
1: <laughs> yeah i mean i'm not there with her yet
2: yeah and last and definitely not least shea Kue, the caterpillar into the butterfly
1: Uh, The fact that she was put in the bottom three for this, (laughs) I demand justice. This was great. This was fucking great. Every look was great.
2: I know. I loved it. I loved her commitment to this. I feel like this is not a a Shay we see very often. Yeah. Like a kooky, freaky Shay. And their complaint was that it was crafty. But like... (laughs) this was not like construction paper crafty. This was like some high level shit.
1: Also like, if you're like complaining something's crafty on this reality TV show, I think it's a problem with the show. So you're like, you're wanting the show to be like a member of the, like the bourgeoisie or whatever that has like money, money, money to pull off looks, looks, looks. But like, Like, that's a problem with your show, not with, like, the drag that people are bringing. This was, if it's crafty, it was good crafty, so shut the fuck up.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's, there, uh, after seeing it, I may have made a few tweaks here or there to different parts of the looks.
1: Sure, but But, uh, it was definitely top to me. Oh, yeah, it was definitely
2: top to me, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, So it's so did i
1: say that word bourgeoisie correctly sure i don't know how to say that
2: i know but like that doesn't stop you
1: (laughs) i don't even really know what that means but i mean like fancy people or whatever
2: (laughs) uh so in the bottom is shay uh mariah and india and when they get backstage india farah is gonna freak the fuck out (laughs) because my god is here she's showing pure india drag and what is wrong And like, listen, I think she has redeemed herself in terms of like her, um, not- Reputation. Reputation. That's the word I'm looking for. Reputation. Like, I think the true fans know, like, she is a drag queen's drag queen. She's a performer. She just doesn't have like the personality for this reality show. But like, that's not what being a drag queen is, is having the personality for RuPaul's Drag Race.
1: Yeah. Uh, that's
2: uh, yeah. There's not much more to say say about it. Like you just don't have the personality for the show. Yeah, and I think she like she knows that too. I don't think I'm saying something that's like mean. No I mean, wrong. like
1: you're you're her biggest fan. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: okay, now this is where things take a turn when the girls start talking, voting out Shay from the group vote. And when I first watched on this Friday night, I was shaking in my pants. Same. And I mean, I should know better in terms of them actually showing a few of the girls casting the vote prior Mm -hmm. to the lip sync. Right. Just to like keep us on our toes. Mm -hmm. But even still, I don't even want to like be worried about the possibility of Shay going home.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
2: I wonder, do you think we're going to see during the rest of the run of the show, do you think we'll see Shay in the bottom again? Maybe. I don't think so. I feel like this was like a an opportunity.
1: I'm not a spoiler bitch, so I like wouldn't look into it. But last season, I never thought I would see manila on the bottom yeah so i can't i can't be sure
2: no i'm not a spoiler but either i'm just saying like i think the show wants Shay to win
1: i know but like that's how i felt about manila last season right Um, who even won last season it was it was a tie yeah it was a last minute tie uh
2: speaking of the last minute tie we have one of the winners, Monet Exchange, coming out. I know. Wearing her orange, creamsicle figure skater <laughs> ensemble. I
1: love Monet Exchange. Monet. Monet
2: Exchange, not a look queen, but, but a personality queen,
1: but personality.
2: a performer.
1: A personality queen, yes. And a performer. Oh my God, icon. Uh, she's one of my favorites.
2: Yeah. So there are lip singing the juice and cl- like clearly Monet's gonna kill Jujubee with this one. Like this is, a, this is a Monet song. It's got the personality of Monet. And I did an Asia O'Hara during uh, Cut to the Feeling, Monique Cart versus The Vixen. She don't know the words. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because Juju was turning around and watermelon, watermelon during the song.
1: I know. It's so surprising from Jujubi, who, like, if she wasn't on this season, probably would have been brought on as a lip sync assassin. I, I know
2: we even I I don't I think it was this episode we got a montage of her being the assassin.
1: Yeah. I mean like She even like when blackout drunk, she's been the assassin, so like her just like not doing it, it's it's fine. So I know, so
2: like that's why I like to me, I want I wanted Juju to win a maxi challenge, but I wanted it to be like Shay last week, where it's like, let's like throw a parade for you and be Mm -hmm. so happy, but like between what the challenge actually was the runway and then the subsequent lip sync. It's like hard to be doing like cartwheels in the street for this.
1: Yeah, I think Juju got her long awaited win. And then it was like time to give up and like let other things take focus. And I think that's fine.
2: Okay. Uh the only other thing would be I thought this untucked was actually one of the more interesting untucks.
1: Yeah. Because we got
2: Juju, Mayhem, and Blair talking about sobriety, yeah, in their personal journeys, which was definitely interesting. Mm-hmm. And we also got something different in terms of Michelle coming backstage after Mariah was eliminated to give her a little pep talk.
1: Mm-hmm. Which I I love because I think that like Michelle is such a great figure in the show. Mm -hmm. So I love whenever she's involved, especially like, like a queen like Mariah, her and Michelle have worked together for how many years? So it's like only appropriate that Michelle like acknowledges their friendship. Yeah,
2: except like the problem being Michelle was the one who said like, these are not three looks.
1: I know, but, like, that's why I think they sent Michelle back.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, because, like, when was the last time Michelle was sent back? It was yeah. when she was ugly towards the door in All-Stars 2, mm. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably. With Raven Simone, who is now married.
2: Wow, happy Pride Month. Happy Pride Month. Uh, okay, let's close out this week's episode with our Freak of the Week and the Winter Queen. Cool. Uh, Brennan, who's the Freak of the Week?
1: The freak of the week is the fact that reports are saying the word the from street. Reddit and other places that Brandy Redman is going to be returning to Real Housewives of Dallas after she was very racist in some Instagram videos, um, specifically targeting Asian people. So if there's that.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, we were like keeping our eye on this and other housewives and bravo celebrities that are kind of on the chopping block in terms of like what's going on and it's interesting to see like them go in this direction with dallas especially after the whole
1: the Leanne lock-in
2: last uh thing last year
1: yeah so we are not confirmed on this but we decided to bring it up because that sucks
2: yeah Okay, our one true queen, perfect timing with the news of Potomac's official return is new cast member, Dr. Wendy Osefo. hmm. Who I, I like, I saw this clip a bunch of times and she has it on her own Instagram story, uh, not Instagram story, Instagram page. So you could check it out yourself. Uh, she has been a commentator for a while. I don't think exclusively to Fox News. I think she jumps around.
1: She jumps around, definitely.
2: Um, but she was on Fox News being interviewed by um, some woman I don't know uh, <laughs> who was talking about the Rayshard Brooks uh, incident with the police where he mm-hmm. was.
1: That was the Atlanta case where he was killed because he had fallen asleep at a Wendy's. Yes. And the police killed him after like. 20 mil sorry 20 minutes of like deliberation and then he ran away and the police shot him in the back
2: yeah exactly yeah i didn't want to get like the, the facts wrong on that one but anyway uh the host questioned dr wendy about how um her brother who is a police officer like how would she feel if he was put in a situation where someone was resisting or escalating and wendy gave like a good response in terms of well, the police officer is the person in the situation who is paid to handle this appropriately. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and she brought up like statistics in terms of like how much more likely a black person is to be killed by a police officer than a white person. Um, And she's definitely a good commentator in terms of like being able to hold her own on these news shows. And we can't wait to see her on Potomac.
1: Yeah, and specifically talked about how he is paid to de-escalate, which I think was like the important point. Yeah. But also like let's defund the the police.
2: Yeah. So I think that's it for this week, baby.
1: Yeah. So you can find Dan on the internet at IDK IDK on Twitter. You can find me at not Brendan on Twitter. You can find Comfort Queen at come through queen on twitter you can find our facebook group um if you search come through queen on facebook yeah
2: and you could leave a review for us on itunes that would be nice
1: yeah that'd be nice
2: uh so yeah like comment subscribe harsher retweet love us, love us please retweet. we'll see you next week Bye.
1: bye